Hello and welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Let's uh, review here a little bit of the ground we've covered. There are four important things that we have seen so far that's really going to help prepare us for um, the the concluding um, uh, episode here today of our four-part series on the gospel. Uh, The first uh, thing is this. Everyone has sinned against God. Number two, God does not overlook his justice. And so based on those things, number three is this. Therefore, all humanity is under God's wrath. And then last week, we saw this. Good deeds, in part or in whole, will not deflect God's wrath. So doing enough good things uh, will will never be enough, ironically. And so last time, we concluded with this statement. If there is a way for us to avoid God's wrath, it's going to need to involve God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. God will not just arbitrarily forgive sins. If he's going to forgive sins, if there's going to be a way for him to do that, he is going to have to do that in such a way as to not violate his own character. With justice being part of his character, he cannot violate that in his forgiveness. And so that's the key to the entire equation. That's what we're going to look at today. Many people correctly identify God as a forgiving God. But I'm afraid that this statement is thrown around far too casually today. If someone's political candidate, for instance, has a moral blunder, they are quick to say, oh, but God forgives. If we manipulate our work hours while we're on the clock, we say, oh, God forgives. When we think that something should be overlooked, we suppose that God also overlooks those things. And it's true that God forgives, but how does he forgive? How does he go about doing that? Remember 1 John 1, 9, it says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God never forgives arbitrarily. He only forgives, according to 1 John 1, 9, when someone confesses their sin to him. But if he doesn't do it arbitrarily, how does he do this? Upon what basis can God forgive sin? This is where Jesus comes into the picture. And and note carefully what Jesus does here. There are really two um, things that Jesus primarily did in his earthly ministry. These two things are sometimes referred to as his active and passive obedience. And perhaps the clearest statement in the Bible with regard to Jesus' active obedience is Philippians 3.9, where it sa- uh, Paul writes this. He says, uh, to be found in him, that is Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Because Jesus was completely obedient and perfectly righteous and sinless, he has the righteousness. It's his. He has the righteousness that I desperately need and cannot obtain. But on the other side, so that's his active obedience. He earned that righteousness, that positive righteousness. On the other side is his passive obedience. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, he, that is God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God made Jesus to be sin. Not that Jesus sinned, but he held Jesus accountable 
for our sin and punished him for that sin. And, and by the way, um, Roman Catholicism denies this and claims that Jesus was never made to be sin, that Jesus was never made to be guilty for our sin. But this is what scripture says. It says he was guilty for our sin. Jesus becomes sin and his death on the cross, therefore, is where God punishes Jesus for our sinfulness. So, so do you see this? Now, now follow where we're going here. Do you see how Jesus's active and passive obedience are parallel to our need? We opened up this podcast series by acknowledging that God is fair or right or just to pour out his wrath on us. But Jesus takes that wrath in our place. But more than that, Jesus' act of obedience is applied to the sinner who has no ability to be righteous in his or her own strength or ability. Jesus' righteousness replaces our righteousness, and we need both in order to be in God's presence. We need God's wrath first averted from us, and then secondly, we need Jesus' righteousness applied to us. God's wrath averted and Jesus' righteousness applied. If Jesus only gave us his righteousness, we would still need to pay the penalty for our past sin. And if Jesus only died in our place, we couldn't be with God because we would be morally neutral. We need both. We need the past sins to be forgiven, but we also need that bank account to have a positive balance. And this gets to this theme that we've been uh, hitting on the entire time. If there is a way for us to avoid God's wrath, it's going to need to involve God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. The cross is the answer we've been searching for. When God forgives a sinner, he's not forgiving them arbitrarily. When he forgives a sinner, he's not overlooking his justice because his wrath is still poured out. It's just that it's on Jesus instead of the sinner. So justice still happens. Justice still takes place. This is why we read in John uh, 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This message of the gospel excludes all other paths to God. It's because the gospel is the only message which involves God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. Which brings us to really one last question. If the gospel is the only way to avoid God's wrath, and instead of being, uh, instead of having God's wrath poured out on me, if the gospel is the only way to avoid that wrath, and instead to be brought near to God, the question is this how can I partake of that gift? Now, remember, we we open up with today. And that is, God does not arbitrarily forgive people, and it, it requires, according to 1 John 1, 9, confession. It is not automatically applied to every single individual. Jesus tells us how we can be part of God's kingdom and receive forgiveness in the beginning chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 14 through 15 says this, Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. To repent is to change your mind about your sin. It's to be walking in one direction and to turn around and walk the other direction. And the word belief here uh, has to do with faith or, or we could say trust. 
To believe in the gospel is to trust in the gospel. To believe in Jesus is to trust in Jesus. And we read uh, furthermore in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it's really at this point that this gospel message becomes immensely personal. Will you repent from your sins and place your trust in Christ alone? Or will you continue to ignore the message of the gospel? To trust in Christ means that you forsake trust in self. Mark talks about this in his gospel. He talks about uh, denying yourself. And so if we are going to trust in Christ, it's not, well, let me just give him a try. Let me temporarily see if this works. You know, let me kind of trust in Jesus plus these other things. It's Jesus plus nothing. To trust in Christ is to forsake trust in self. And my prayer today is that you would run to Christ. He is sufficient. He is always more than enough. And as always, I've mentioned this in the past and will um, mention it again as well here. We invite you to engage with us. Uh, this, this gospel message is the most important message that there is. And if you have questions about it or thoughts or comments or any way that I can help you, I'd love to, to answer those for you, uh, connect with you on that, um, and, uh, and and talk about it further. In fact, I was, I was just reading... Um, uh, in yesterday's edition of the Daily Record, the front page uh, article was on this uh, overdose death that we're um, experiencing right now in Northeast Ohio, really all of Ohio. But the article was entitled, Ohio Has Third Biggest Jump in Overdose Deaths. And uh, we are, uh, as a state, experiencing 14 overdoses a day. You know, and you look at a situation like this and, and, and you say, what is going on? How do we help these people? And this issue, along with all other sin issues, goes all the way back to this gospel message that we're talking about today. How can I find freedom? How can I find hope? How can I find, um, you know, rescue in these kinds of scenarios and these kinds of situations, whether it's this or depression or anxiety or whatever it is, it only comes after salvation. Ultimately, uh, you, you can't find righteousness until you find redemption. And so if we could put maybe three things in order here, uh, it's right. Or it's, I'm sorry, it's redemption, then righteousness, then worship. I can't worship God if I'm not righteous, and I can't be righteous if I don't have redemption. All of it comes back to the gospel. All of it comes back to my need for Christ. All of it comes back to that repentance, that confession, that belief, that trust in Christ and Christ alone. So, again, I just encourage, if you have not trusted in Christ, um, do that today. Uh, place your faith and trust in Christ and uh, feel free to reach out to us as well um, at our uh, website. We have all of our contact information there. We'd love to talk to you more. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com. Crossview Orville.